0: ABC Listen, podcasts, radio, news, music, and more.
1: We would like to advise that the following programme may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Welcome to the Lindley Evans studio here at the ABC and Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome our panel. It's Bridie Connell, James Colley and Tommy Dean. Yeah. Hello! Yeah. With the music, it's the stars of Wicked, Sheridan Adams and Courtney Monsmar. Yeah! And our audience this week from Kalala Bay, Kiama, Bathurst, Newcastle, Sautel and Wollongong!
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: And I also need to ask a question: Is there, by any chance, anyone here who's today having their forty-fourth wedding anniversary?
0: Yes. What a lucky question!
1: He asks every week, and that's the first
3: time someone's. I've been
0: asked it for twenty-five years. Well, that giant group cheer makes it sound like we're all celebrating our forty-fourth. Exactly. Congratulations, everyone! Uh, now, uh, before all that, uh, here's
1: the news from nowhere. I wish people wouldn't go on and. On and on about coffee. Now, I don't mind a cup of coffee myself. It's the religious fervour I don't understand, the level of self-criticism involved. I need a coffee. I'm useless without a coffee. I can't think straight without at least three cups of coffee. This is not way normal people talk about beverages. Why the flagellation? Why the self-esteem problems? Is it like religion? Do you have to debase yourself before the coffee god when ordering? Oh, I'm a worthless piece of scum who, without your assistance, Lord Coffee, would simply slide down into the gutter for all eternity. Oh, coffee bean, you sacrificed yourself so that we might live. I mean, this is not the ordering of a drink. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a cry for help. Mm. More mysterious still, coffee drinkers appear to believe that others are forming a view of their personality based on their order. Mm. Macchiato for me, they say, (laughs) with a cocky little shake of the head, as if to say pretty sophisticated, I know, but I'm just back from a trip to southern Italy. It's not so much a drink as an assertion of brilliance. Compare the above beverage to tea. A vastly superior drink, (laughs) which receives none of this fussy, self-important attention. We tea drinkers just slink off and make ourselves a pot. There's none of the giddy discourse about Barry the barista and the things he can do with his wand. No, no, no. And yet what a miracle is tea. Tea encapsulates every opposite within itself. On a cool day, it heats you up. On a hot day, it cools you down. The very same drink. How can that be? It can be both celebratory and yet consoling, sharpening yet relaxing. That is the wonder of tea. With coffee, it's all pressure valve, steam and hubble-bubble. It's the sound of the industrial age. Making tea, by contrast, is an invitation to contemplation, mm. the mindfulness of a, a spoonful for each person, the honouring of the pot with a spoonful for itself, Mm. the enforced silent idleness of the brewing. Mm. Suggest to people they might make a pot of tea and they say, oh, I couldn't go to all that trouble, as if you expect them to build a rice paper hut, don a kimono and spend five years studying an Eastern religion. (laughs) Yet these same people will walk three kilometres on the unlikely proposition, you just can't get a drinkable cup of coffee anywhere closer. (laughs) And here, ladies and gentlemen, is the final proof of the superiority of tea. It's the drink offered at moments of life-changing crisis. When there is a, a death in the family, you don't go over and offer to make your aunt a coffee or a, a, a Kahlua and milk. You don't say, your husband of 40 years has died. Do you fancy a Carlton Dry? No. You say, how about I make a pot of tea? And in that one phrase lies a whole world of consolation and care. And that's the news from nowhere. You you. Uh, you
4: draw a lot of religious allegory <laughs> dismissing the coffee, but I don't, I don't think you realize that your defensive tea makes you, in my opinion, a Mennonite. LAUGHTER
0: you did call tea a miracle. Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> and
3: uh, my coffee is a religion. It both has a single origin. I believe we all have a single origin. No, and that's no, they talk
1: to be. like that. I grew up in the 70s, James. I'm much older than you. And in the 70s, there was no such thing as all these fancy coffees and baristas and thing. The only way to get a coffee in Canberra past nine o'clock was to drive all the way to the Yass truck stop, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd drive an hour and a half to Yass and you'd go into the truck stop and uh, uh, it was single origin coffee in the sense that it was all from the same tin of international (laughs) roast. (laughs) Uh, Let's check here up with this week's news. Which are the hot sports this weekend? The hot sports.
0: All of them.
3: Well, yeah, we've got both. It's Grand Final weekend. Mm -hmm. Thank God it's Grand Final Friday. Now we have... (laughs) Both the AFL and NRL Grand Finals coming, and you have to stay neutral in all these things. We're on the ABC, so we don't want to cause a fuss <laughs> about anything. Uh, so Penrith cap on. Who knows if the mighty Penrith Panthers are going for a 3 p the well-deserved greatest team of the modern era three-peat. It is <laughs> going to be very hot out there. Now, I I care too much about football. It's too close to my heart. My beloved Panthers are playing, and we're trying to break a drought – we haven't won for a year, and then <laughs> we won the year before that as well, and it's like we have these year-long j- – it's very hard for fans like us. Um, all I am hoping for is – so there's a lot of – it's going to be very, very hot. We're playing a team from Brisbane. They're pretty used to the heat, and Penrith – for a team that we are based in a town that has previously been the hottest place on earth. Mm-hmm. The hottest place on earth. A planet with volcanoes. And we were somehow the hottest place on earth. It got to 50, right? It got to 50. It got to 51.4, oh. which is a number we're proud of for some reason. <laughs> but we, we are also a team that plays all in black. <laughs> and our lead sponsor makes milk. I <laughs> feel the chance that we're all sick at half-time is very high. I'm getting worried.
1: So this is one of the theories. Tom Sauners, the weather guy who we know who comes on, thank God, it's mm-hmm. Friday. he has this theory that there's a slight advantage to, to Brisbane in the fact that it's going to be so – because it's hot up there, he says.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's hot in Brisbane. The advantage to Penrith is we're used to playing in October and Brisbane hasn't done that for a long time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Could go
3: either. I'm interested in the NRLW though Because we have yeah. the Knights and the Titans So Newcastle and the Gold Coast Two beach cities They are both very well built for this situation Newcastle themselves are going for a back-to-back They've got the Dalian Medalist, Katie Upton They have a fantastic team But their beach culture They should be allowed to bring, you know, one of those pagoda umbrellas that take up half the beach. They should Mm -hmm. bring an esky on the field. They should just have a fantastic time of (laughs) it.
0: I agree. I think we actually fundamentally need to rearrange how we carry out sport in this country, given that the temperature is going to keep rising. I propose that we start kickoff times at like 4 a.m. I think that's the only responsible thing. But also that means you've got the whole day after after the game to do whatever you like, to eat whatever you like. You know, you don't have to... I think it's going to be great.
3: Yeah. And the players idea. are still up from the night before. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and I think it's a great idea because quite often the argument is, you know, oh, you know, the game just started at 7 p.m. What do they do with their day? The nerves just must get to them. <laughs> just all day thinking about getting to the mm-hmm. game at night. But
1: if they just wake up and go straight to the kickoff... <laughs> no time for nerves. No time for nerves. Now, Tommy, you uh, you, you know a bit more about the AFL than the, the rest of us. So what's going to happen tomorrow?
4: Uh, I think it's the same. Uh, the, beautiful, the beautiful thing about the AFL is uh, it plays frantically... For the first ten minutes, and then for two and a half quarters, they just rest. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's built for this particular heat wave that's going to hit Melbourne. They're just going to either you know, come out the first ten minutes. So on one team will attempt to establish dominance, and then they'll all realize it's a bad idea. And they, you know, what? You know, what I'm more worried about is the the people that run the drinks out. I think then, yeah. you know, the, the uh. players are trained. They spend all, for the last 25 weeks, they've just been doing nothing but running, getting fit. I don't think a little bit of extra heat's going to bother them. But, but the people that, whose job it is to, once a week, run 50 meters into the middle yeah. and hand out drink bottles. They made Scott Morrison do it once. He would die out <laughs> die. there. Die. He would be dead. Which would be a shame. <laughs> <laughs> But what I want to see is one of those drinks people like run out and about halfway out there on the grand final stage just stop and just drink their own bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thirsty.
0: Well, even that should change. If we're going to start kickoff at, you know, 2 a.m., maybe as well instead of drinks and, and halftime oranges, you know, maybe it's icy poles. When yeah. it got really, really hot at my school growing up, which in Christchurch would be like 30 degrees, we'd all get an icy pole. I think that should be part of the new football culture. All spectators, all players should get an icy pole at halftime.
3: Or if it's first thing in the morning, this is where we bring in our single origin
1: coffee. Uh-huh. Like you
3: have the ball and you see a player just spray a bit in their mouth all over their face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm. or, yeah. a, or a chocolate milk. from. <laughs> that. Yes.
4: Yeah. I mean, they do have, they do have it at uh, the one stadium there, but I don't know if it'll come big here, but Arizona uh, is famously hot and uh, our football team, uh, we play in a giant air-conditioned dome. Mm-hmm. So I once went to a game where the temperature outside was 43 degrees, uh, and inside we were wearing jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they did that for the World, so the,
1: the, the Soccer World Cup, of course.
4: Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. The, secret. the secret. The secret is, is it just is- sacrifice the planet. Mm. For the comfort of the players, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. what we're getting at, which you will
1: make the we'll... next year's grand final yeah. even hotter. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Soon we'll all be living in air-conditioned domes.
1: <laughs> now, uh, who has injected some joy into the arms of the anti-vaxxers? Who has <laughs> injected some joy?
0: Well. Uh, Joy and anti-vaxxers are not words we often hear so closely together, Richard. But uh, that would be Dan Andrews, who has stepped down this week from his role as the Premier of Victoria, which, of course, uh, the anti-vaxxer foes of Dan Andrews, who've nicknamed him Dictator Dan, are very, very happy about.
1: More than Dictator Dan, they call him one of them today. People in America were reacting to the fact that a Victorian Premier had stepped down, Mm -hmm. you would think a fairly obscure political position, calling him Herr Hitler. (laughs) Dictator down. Feels feels a bit
3: over the top Um, (laughs) He did voluntarily step down As all dictators do (laughs) An interesting part of this as well Is like because he has served A certain number of years Of service to the state He has a statue made for him but if he's a dictator, famously, you have to pull those down. But it hasn't been built yet. So we have to make this statue just so we can symbolically tear it back down. It's a very
0: roundabout process. He's uh, also, I don't, I don't know, maybe we can have a pitching session right now, but I think that very big shoes for the for the new Premier Jacinta Allen to fill purely because Dictator Dan is a satisfying, alliterative nickname. And yeah. Jacinta <laughs> Allen really doesn't... Dictator Jacinta is not going to work you know. I think if you're going to get a new leader It needs to be something that can be like Technocrat Tim <laughs> or Autocrat Andy It's just simply not going to work Well,
1: she should, The first thing she should have done was was ban That holiday they have today mm, yeah, That would have made everyone forget about Dictator <laughs> Concentrate a lot on her
3: I think this is hard for us because As New South Wales people Usually we find out a Premier's leaving When ICAC
4: tells us they're leaving
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you
4: missed a Trick though, I'm sorry that he didn't. Uh, you know, in the last week before he realized, you know, it feel it felt like he was already building up to a step out anyway. You know, like he canceled the Commonwealth Games, yeah. uh, which I assume now he did because he wasn't going to be there to get free tickets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he
4: saw that coming. So oh, I'm not going to have it if I can't go for free. I'm not going to have it in my state. And then you know there was a great big kerfluffle around the uh, uh, AFL Grand Final because there weren't enough tickets. For the real people, uh-huh. too much corporate ticketing yeah, went yeah. on. So I think to make that problem go away and just have a little last flash and understanding his nickname, he should have locked Victoria down again
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> for grand final weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, well, see, if you'd had tickets, too, you would have not been able to use them, so you should feel better. Solved a problem. Genius. And then, by the way, got to go,
2: bye. <laughs> That's
4: such a good, like, I will turn this
3: car around if you don't yeah. stop fighting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, who won some rights when it came to writing wrongs? Who won some rights this week? Some rights, rights. writing, rights. writing wrong.
4: Traditionally, I should take it, but I literally don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we're talking about the writers'
3: strike. The here. writers'
4: strike. That's why you said right. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> right. I'm on it now. It's a it's a homonym. One of those things that writers do. <laughs> uh, they're now allowed to do it again. So uh, the writers are have. A tentative agreement, so up until now, the Writers Guild of America and the actors were on strike. The actors were on strike out of solidarity. It really means when the writers go back to work, in about four months, the actors can go back to work again. Yep. Right now, they don't really have anything to say. <laughs> we were striking against the AI. Now, uh, like using AI to make scripts and things. Uh, and I think like, we've got a good tentative agreement. I think there are just certain things that... So the way AI makes scripts... It reads people's pre-existing work and it makes new scripts. Mm-hmm. And now we don't want them to do that, not because it's not fair to current writers, but because we don't want them reading something like Terminator 2 mm. and being like, oh, that's a good idea. We should do that for real. <laughs> like it's just – there are just certain – iRobot's a dangerous thing to let <laughs> a robot read. And so – I think the only problem I have with the strike ending <laughs> is one of the rules of the strike was you weren't allowed to promote any work. And that made it really easy to seem important. Mm-hmm. Because if someone said to you, like, hey, what are you working on now? You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to talk about it. And it made you seem like a spy.
0: Mysterious and important. <laughs> yeah.
3: Maybe it's a marble film. Maybe it's a toilet paper commercial. Who knows?
0: <laughs> I mean, I... Personally, I'm I'm all for it. I say let's let's have, you know, and I'm a writer, but I, I say let's do it. AI writing scripts, fantastic. As long as we disclose it up front. So I propose that we just have a channel. So all of the AI generated scripts are on their own channel. So we can have ABC robots. So you know what you're getting. <laughs> or we have our own award ceremonies. We've got the Oscars, we've got the Golden Globes, but if we have I don't know what they'd be called, like the, the chips, right? <laughs> then, you know, you could have the best robot in a leading role category. I think we just need to delineate it and that will be fine. We all know what we're getting that and,
1: way. Or you could tune in into ABC Reel and get a, a Brady Connell script or a James I, Colley script. That's right, mm. yeah. which you, are not th-
0: robotic at all. <laughs> <from> <laughs> emotion.
1: What do you think, Tommy?
4: I don't – I think – I think it was a lot of fun. I, a part of me is worried that they didn't solve it. I think the terms of the strike were written by AI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's my concern. They're kind of a big ball
1: of each way, aren't they?
4: Yeah, yeah. They, do. they basically say, we don't want AI unless we have writer's block, in which case we can use it. <laughs> um, and then they're like, well, we don't, you know, we want to be told if our scripts are being used to train AI. Uh, but then it feels like then we would just be jerks. There'd be a lot of, you know, sad writers that never got any of their stuff greenlit just writing terrible stuff yeah. to train the AI. <laughs> to train and feel like...
3: And people love it when it turns out to have all been a dream all along. <laughs> yes. yeah.
1: Yeah. People love it when it's an un- unhappy ending. Right.
4: <laughs> Every show starts at an action point and then eight days earlier. Yeah. Do you know what you should do? Cancel Neighbours,
1: then bring it back. <laughs> the main character should definitely die at the beginning. Right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. But then
4: go back two weeks when he was still alive. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we'll ever know. That's what I'm worried about. Is um, I just, I don't, I'm not well-read enough that if I read a script, I'd be like, wait a minute. This feels like it's using elements of another script I'm somewhat familiar <laughs> with. <laughs> and the only place it's really obvious uh, to me is uh, Harry Styles in music. Because <laughs> all of his music hints at a familiarity. All of his songs sound kind of like songs that I used to like. And then you realize, oh, yeah, because they are. <laughs> <laughs> So you
0: be careful. No, he knows. You be he, careful. He would
4: call it homage, but ever, look, it's like uh, it's like late Bruno Mars as well. He's no, not dead. I, no, no, no. no late, <laughs> I'm Michael kidding. Michael Jackson is the late Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah. But there's like a familiarity. I think that familiarity will continue to go across. I think that the part that's most important is if it even comes. I don't know with the strike that well, but will be protecting the actors as actors. You know that I thought was the most egregious idea yeah. was mm-hmm. that you might. Perform for eight minutes, and then they could computerize you.
1: And well, though Harrison yeah. Ford was worried about that. They could make a whole Harrison Ford movie just using the the stuff they've already got.
4: Well, I mean, and, and that would ruin it because that's what Harrison Ford has done. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday on ABC Radio. Would it be all right if um, I and all everyone in this room just stayed in this air conditioned studio for the whole weekend? Would yeah. that be all right?
1: Yeah. Do you know those those times when you search out lists of all the places with free air conditioning. You find yourself playing cards in Aldi or something. <laughs> it's so hot yeah, everywhere else.
4: Can we uh, yes, also, Tommy. and I, this is probably not the forum uh, for this discussion, <laughs> yeah. but I was just thinking about the format of the show that we use and we have used mm. for the last yeah, decade, yeah. Yeah. and I don't know why this is only occurring to me now, <laughs> uh, but, and this is no offence against Adam or Tom, brilliant, mm brilliant newsreaders, and weathermen, uh, nothing but respect. But I, is there any way we can move them up before the music? <laughs> so yeah. you're I'm, starting, come all- I'm just starting to notice a theme where we have some amazing <laughs> musical production. I'm defying gravity! <laughs> There's a lot of cracks in bicycles. <laughs> uh, the government's screwing stuff up. Yeah. And people are sad everywhere. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I just like
1: think it, it brings today. it down too fast. Yeah. And also if you if you were if you were if your bike collapsed underneath you, you wouldn't be able to no, defy we'll be fine. Well, yeah. That's
0: true. But I quite like in the rundown today it says uh, music from the cast of Wicked News and Weather. Just missing a comma there. So <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Wicked News Wicked and Weather. News. <laughs> oh, what's yeah,
1: up? No, rad. I'm changed. so sick of people criticizing my script. So yesterday I sent out the script for the <laughs> Journos Forum mm-hmm. uh, journos with a possessive before the S. And Dave David Ma sent me a snitty email saying, Richard, I thought better of you. The possessive S should come, the possessive should come after mm. the S. And Look, I if it makes said, you
4: feel any better, I never read it. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never
1: criticised your script uh, writing at yeah. all. <laughs> I said to David, I'm the journo. Only me and the rest of you are guests. (laughs) Possessive in the singular. You tell him He he wasn't convinced. Uh, Now, a tour company in France is offering holidays based on the TV show Emily in Paris, during which visitors get to experience the same shops and restaurants as are featured in Emily in Paris. What what other TV shows lend themselves to this sort of package tour? I'm sorry,
0: before we go any further, uh, as a diehard fan, it's actually um, Emily in Paris. Paris (laughs) Paris, sorry, <laughs> Paris. Oh. Um, Netflix came out on the record And was like actually it's supposed to rhyme Which then led to a great flurry oh. of tweets About you know and other, other cities yeah. And, and yeah. protagonists I've anyway. always
3: been a fan of the muscles from Brussels <laughs> <laughs> well, What other shows? James Colley well, Braddy and I were discussing this, and it turns out we had exactly the same answer, which is The tour- Sopranos! The Sopranos, just touring New Jersey with a bunch of mobs. Just you get to go to a strip club, you get your body dumped in a mm. river. It's everything you could want.
0: I didn't get past going to Vesuvios and just eating all of the best pasta. I don't want most of the other experiences <laughs> from The Sopranos to be very clear. I don't know. It's to a be- package deal, yeah. you have to take them all. You have to do the whole thing. Pasta, then a concrete overcoat.
3: I think if I had to pick another, I'm a huge fan of the miniseries Chernobyl, and uh, the package, oh, you've got to try the tour, it's got glowing reviews, yeah. and it, it will stay with you your whole life. See,
0: our first instinct was the same, the Sopranos, and then your second instinct, Chernobyl, was very different to mine, which is... What I truly think Emily and Paris is trying to do um, with this tour, I would go for absolutely fabulous because yeah, there's a lots of <laughs> lots of little nodding looks of approval because that is going to be champagne fueled, high end fashion, brilliant, sassy yep. people around. You couldn't beat it.
3: About
4: the same air quality as Chernobyl
0: as
1: well. <laughs> yeah. and- tell me, tell me what do you what's uh, the I mean, almost any it?
4: show really? If you love the show, I could see it being done. The ones that I would like to do, uh, the bear. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the bear? That's the one
1: that was set in the restaurant. The set in the restaurant, the sandwich yeah, in
4: restaurant in Chicago. So, yeah. but then they do a lot of a lot of the episodes have them going to other restaurants in and around Chicago to try the food and decide what they're going to build as their menu, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the second season. Do you have
1: to work in a kitchen like they do? Oh, that would be the best.
4: Oh, uh, if you could actually learn how to mm-hmm. do it. There's a one little tiny scene that I love so much where uh, Richie is learning his different sauces and he's dipping a spoon in the various sauces and he has to guess what each of the sauces is. I, oh, I would love to play that game. I want to play that. Game game tomato yeah. mustard <laughs> barbecue that's the australian
3: version not to not to criticize the format of this show but if next week
4: we could get a series of sauces and a
3: blindfold for <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tommy
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> my other favorite game they used to play on master chef was uh you would taste a dish and they would have all the ingredients that were in the dish oh. 27 cloches and you had to like take a little taste and go, is there, is there corn? And they'd say, yes, corn is in it. You can see the corn. Do you think you could do a
3: sodi challenge? We set up like five soft drinks for you, five straws. You can't see what they oh, so are. So fun. I would so do could it. Could you tell yeah. a Coke from a Diet Coke? Oh,
4: in a second. <laughs> in a, you could tell by the rage that washed over me as soon as it touched my tongue. Oh, I am trained to hate Diet Coke and the people that give it to me.
1: As a, as a Penrith, as a Penrith uh, Panthers fan, could you do a flavored milk challenge?
3: Uh, I could do. A, I could taste the bourbon in the Coke. <laughs> <laughs> the
4: other one would, uh, and I know that you love the show as well, is Justified. Yes,
1: lovely show, lovely shot. show. It would be
4: very cool uh, to tour the hollers of Kentucky and have and some
1: of Mag's Bennett's um, apple, apple pie. Apple pie, which is apple a pie moonshine. moonshine. That'd be so good. Do oxy. That'd be great
3: Actually after this show This is all part of The audience is here today As part of the Gardening Australia package deal After this we are Taking you out to the patch You can find the second patch Where he gets Will Anderson His special herbs And it's it's a really great
1: Thank God it's Friday You're ready for the Wheel of Death Ladies and gentlemen When our lovely audience Came in They threw these topics Onto this Chocolate Wheel, of course, if you want to join the live audience of Thank God It's Friday. There are not too many shows till the end of the year, so book yourself in. ABC TGIF into your search engine. will find you the page where you can book your free tickets to come here to the ABC in Ultimo and uh, maybe throw your tickets onto the chocolate, your uh, topics onto the Chocolate Wheel. Today's topics are furnace, insomnia, noise, watermelon, glitter, rabbits, ice cream, lemons, opera, tantrums, Popper, Worms, AI, and Nimbin. Now, the only one I don't like is opera because we've already had it. Yeah, I was just
4: saying. (laughs) We've already already had it. it. We
1: can't do it again. Okay, so if that comes up, I'm going to make it ballet. All right, that's fair enough. (laughs) Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. Today's topic for Mr. Thomas Dean is opera. Popper.
4: Oh, opera. Oh, sorry, popper.
3: No, no, popper. Popper.
1: Popper. Like an opera
3: you can drink. (laughs) (laughs) Popper. 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 Do, do popper. Know, what do you think what, a popper would, would you, is? Before we explain yeah. to you what yeah. a popper is, what do you believe a popper is? Well,
4: <laughs> I mean, outside of a thing that pops. <laughs> <laughs> well, well let, me, let me go
1: to the person who suggested what, what's, words, what's a popper, a popper Debbie. an ice cream, isn't
4: it? It's a
0: juice box. Okay,
1: a child's juice box in the in the lunch Oh, box. like
4: the square yeah. box and it pops the square box, the tetra the, pack. You put the straw yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, with You're the sharp have end. I've
0: a jalapeno popper. I've had a jalapeno popper. I was thinking,
4: that's a popper. Jalapeno popper or chili rellenos, uh-huh. uh, same idea. Uh, pop those, and they used to be we had a we had an ice cream that you would get from our the American version of Mister Whippy. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: which, Sheriff Whippy, <laughs> yeah, it's Mister
4: Shooty,
3: obviously. <laughs> that's
0: right. uh, shit, that's right. <laughs>
4: no, It was actually a, a surveillance machine. That's uh, what we mostly used it for. Um, but it was an ice cream that had a like a driving, uh, like a it popped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I can't say it It was like a cylinder And it had a plastic disc At the bottom of the ice cream And then you would force Yeah the We had those out. too Yeah was that it a called a
1: calypso here? Calypso yeah. But
4: we had a popper We called that a popper And and uh, also uh, as a teenager uh, Your face would frequently uh, Feature a variety mm-hmm. of lesions Yeah um,
1: And if you Aww. wanted to get rid of them Yeah you popped popper They'd become poppers Poppers <laughs> <laughs>
4: You put it on the wheel of death. (laughs) (laughs) It is very rare that we get the matter. But you ask for it. We discover with the juice
3: boxes, and I hope no teenagers listening take this, because this is the one bit of of engineering we did at Penrith High School, which was that (laughs) if you were to take the top flaps of a juice box and open it, and then you hit the bottom flaps very, very hard indeed... Oh, all the juice comes out at great force at wherever you point that juice box, uh, say out a bus window or at a friend's face.
1: (laughs) Is it true that the team is going to use this technique on Sunday? That's the only move
3: Panthers have. (laughs) We open with this and then while they're blinded, you kick to the corner and
0: you run. <laughs> the pen with Poppers. We, we had the a Fenris Poppers. <laughs> <laughs> a new name. It's such a cute-sounding name for what a horrible actor just described. Vicious.
4: <laughs> Is it vicious? It's delightfully sweet. We had a we had a drink that did. We had a came in a triangular, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. juice bag. Yeah, yeah. And the Sunny Boy in yeah, Australia. Yeah, Sunny Boy. Oh, that was the Sunny Boy. Was that... that? Was a Sunny Boy? Right. And, but, did you get a free with the Sunny Boy? No, you, we didn't get it. It was it was
4: it was the most common uh, sports drink. Yeah. In terms of that's what the parents would bring an, an esky full of these uh, sun sun. Oh, we, were
3: we had fruit.
4: <laughs> fruit? What? <laughs> we had drinks that alluded to fruit. <laughs> in fact, they were full of high fruit toast. <laughs> so much fruit. <laughs> But they were because of the angular nature, it had the stabby straw mm-hmm. that you had to drive into it. Uh, but because the geometry was poor um, and the resistance was wrong, you 19% of the time would stab it in such a way that you would stab through both sides.
2: <laughs> and then you'd
4: have to drink fast so that it didn't leak out. Or worse, you would drive it into the palm of your hand yeah. <laughs> and then luckily the liquid was so viscous that it would, you know, coat the wound <laughs> <laughs> so you could get to
2: the first aid station.
1: But it was quite uh, a deadly, deadly deadly. Because the Sunny Boy here, the exciting thing, you, you wonder why Australia is so... Addicted to gambling culture Why we have the biggest gambling Mm. uh, problem in the whole world And it's because of the Sunny Boy Because Mm. every third or fourth one came with a free And sometimes if you were incredibly lucky The free would lend to... (gasps) Oh, would, like would, a jackpot, would, would it would uh, lead to a, a a third free? And this was th- so delightful that yeah. it would be the talk of the playground for for, for months on end. So the, the the downside, of course, is it led to a whole country that's addicted to gambling yeah. and a free. Other than diabetes, diabetes diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you discover that it was free? Uh, it was uh, it was on, on printed on the inside, mm-hmm. mm. so you had to finish the
4: drink and then tear it yeah. open. Yeah, right. Because yeah. there, there was actually a great promo uh, years ago where Pepsi. Uh, rigged a handful of cans. Um, so the idea was you would open the can of Pepsi, but if you had the winning can, then it w- had been supposedly rigged so that a, a, a flag would come <laughs> out of the spout
2: <laughs>
4: and say, you won a million dollars. That's so cool. Uh, but the engineering was uh, poorly implemented, and a lot of people sued for big money because they drank the rancid liquid <gasps> in the fake can. Oh, no. So, my point is, if you wanted to solve your gambling problem, put a deadly element underneath. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the key. Um, I think it's, um, have we covered it? I don't know what, what the, I can't work out.
1: Well, the other great advantage of the popper for the children was Mm -hmm. that you could freeze it and then put Mm -hmm. it next to the ham sandwich in the Tupperware so that it would keep the ham sandwich fresh until lunchtime.
3: Can I tell you, I actually got to, my my daughter's approaching two years old, I got to this week introduce her to poppers for the (gasps) first time. I held her there, brought her a popper, showed her, like, look, you put the straw in like that and she looked at it and she took out the straw and she picked up the popper and she turned it upside down and poured it on both of us. But, yeah, yeah. you know, it was still a beautiful moment other than having to change both of us in the middle of the hot sun, Considering
0: what you just taught well, us all say. to do, <laughs> <laughs> this serves you right, to what be What are you doing,
4: honest. Daddy? Lift the flaps yeah. on the outside. are very clear about lifting the outside flaps.
0: Dad, you weak clean. Throw it out of bus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Did he die? Well, I don't, I don't no. even know what we were talking
4: about. What are we Did talking
1: he about?
0: live? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Well, thank God it's Friday.
0: Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. We have Bridie Connell,
1: we have James Colley, we have Tommy Dean. We have our two people celebrating their 44th wedding anniversary. Yay! And we have our lovely audience. Um, oh, that's what we always. should have
4: done. We should have yeah. asked him if that was his nickname. Popper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 44 years. Yeah. Come
1: on. He's got something working for him. <laughs> Now, the, was that was that rude? I didn't understand it. Um, the wealth gap between.
0: <laughs> I hope Do I have not. To explain it? So many granddads are called Popper, and now I'm just—it's yeah. all. very yeah,
1: it's yeah, to really ruined.
3: Smalls was Big Popper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, the wealth gap between rich and poor has been growing in Australia, according to a study this week, with the average wealth of the top twenty percent growing at four times the rate of the lowest twenty percent. Not good for equity. What methods can you devise to separate the very wealthy from their money and uh, help our equity problem? Bridie Connell.
0: Um, Robbery comes to mind. (laughs) Huge fan. Huge fan. Um, Look, I think that one of the things that wealthy people presumably love about being wealthy is, you know, it's unattainable. It's exclusive. You have what money can't buy. And money can buy a lot of cool things but it can't buy poverty so I think we've got to make that like next on the list like the next thing to attain so we distract and we trick all the richies mm-hmm. and then while they're being distracted by that and giving away all their money then everybody else can close that gap a little bit <laughs> don't ask me the technical details I'm an ideas person I don't have logistical steps to make that a reality but I think uh, I think I'll be getting an honorary doctorate in yeah. economic health pretty soon
3: if you watch Haifa <laughs> Fashion. A lot of it looks kind of garbage bag-ish, so <laughs> it's not a long walk. Exactly. Imagine,
4: forget living in just one
1: apartment in the city. What if the whole city was your apartment? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You got to rebrand the whole thing. Every bus stop,
1: every (laughs) underbridge space. (laughs) How are you going to make the the rich uh, lose some of their money? James Collie. We all know that
3: modern art is a money laundering business. So I think what we do. Have you ever been in an art gallery, contemporary art gallery, and you look at a painting and you think, "Well, my kid could have done that." Put your kid to work. Don't put stuff on the fridge. Put it in a frame. We need to get this cooking. Mm. We can produce six or seven great new masters a week. We can sell it off to the people dumb enough to buy it and slowly you build your equity.
1: Yeah.
0: So far we have robbery and child labour. <laughs> <laughs> That's child how labor.
1: they got rich. But, but you could also do performance art, you know, pouring a popper on your head, for example. Exactly,
2: yeah.
4: Fine. But James, I think James is in the right wheelhouse because I was thinking fraud. <laughs> uh, as well, uh, because they do buy stupid stuff. Mm. I think that is they these. I don't mind a bit of uh, you know uh, wealth being concentrated in places that are doing good things. I don't know what that is, but if it happened, I would support it. <laughs> but like just we talked about a couple of weeks ago, somebody spent millions of dollars on Princess Diana's sweater yeah. that she wore once to a polo match. Yeah. So now just every just go to an op shop <laughs> and label it. Just everything, but oh, this leather jacket, it was the one that James Dean was wearing just before he changed into the actual jacket that he was wearing when he drove <laughs> yeah. into a tree. Wowie. <laughs> this is the sandwich that Elvis
3: intended to eat if he got through yeah. his last sandwich. You just
4: make the second. This is the second half of the
1: sandwich.
3: <laughs> and
4: just sell it again and again And how much are you charging again? for
1: Elvis's sandwich Because actually I'm interested <laughs> yeah, right.
4: We could deconstruct it Wait, this is only the peanut butter part Of the peanut butter banana mayonnaise sandwich This is the jar of mayonnaise That Elvis used to make the sandwich This is the jar of mayonnaise that was skipped over Because it wasn't quite as fresh As the jar of mayonnaise that Elvis used to make the sandwich it can, Endless, it yeah. is endless This is the knife that he used to spread the mayonnaise on. The, this is the pill bottle That had the pills <laughs> that he was taking while he was making the sandwich. This is, this the, is the toilet cleaner toilet that was man, used. Tra- this is the toilet roll of the toilet paper that he never got a chance to use. <laughs> I'm bringing into this
1: <laughs> uh, we- But it's
4: difficult. It's difficult and but I mean I mean it's it, it is disappointing. It is deeply disappointing that um the worst part is scammers. It feels like there are so many great scammers in the world. Mm. And the and the numbers in the if not hundreds of millions, we're up to billions of monies that scammers pull and they're always pulling it from the most vulnerable. And if we could just get them To go after the people that should be (laughs)
1: scammed. There must be a way.
0: We're not saying stop the crime. Just redirect
2: the crime.
1: (laughs) Now, a Sydney Morning Herald analysis of HSC scores this week has listed the top 20 public schools in the state. Uh, They used—they were trying to base it on average student HSC scores for some reason. On what various measures would your school have turned out to be a winner? James Colley. (laughs) Well, I feel I've already disparaged my school a little bit
3: here. (laughs) Uh, Let's try to say something positive. Well, we had a...
1: So this is Penrith High, right? This is
3: Penrith High School, um, <laughs> which up until the start of this had me on their notable alumni list. I don't think that's true anymore. Um, we had a red rooster right over the road from us and if you had double maths the maths teacher would allow you to go and get a red rooster and eat it in class, provided you also got him a large chips. <gasps> um, what a legend! Yeah, he was great. I would never give up Mr. Brennan's name in this recording but he was one of the best teachers you'll ever have. Oh, that's um, awesome. So I I think if we want to be at the top of a ranking, I'd
1: go with body mass index because
0: (laughs) we were packing it on there.
1: (laughs) Bridie, on what grounds would your school be a winner?
0: Um, I think we'd be right up the top four most explosive approaches to education purely because our science department, very rightly so, realised that one way to engage teenagers in, in learning science Um, was to throw as many chemicals as possible in the little stream that ran down the bottom of our playground to see what would cause an explosion. And so we loved science because we got to blow things up. Great time. And that's basically the only part of science that I remember. You
3: would be great at Rio Tinto.
0: You would love every day at work.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> employ her at Rio and Woodside. Tell me, what, what would your school would uh, have been? Uh,
4: American high schools, uh, we don't have dress codes. So I think fashion really was how you judged mm. how our school was going. And I went to school in the 80s. So it was a pretty vibrant time. Uh, we had all the classes. Uh, there were the jocks. Uh, there were the cowboys, which were all the country western wear. Uh, this is right when Madonna and Cindy Lauper hit. So you had the cool. Donnas and the Lauper's uh, sort of you know battling it out. For which one was more friffy and froofy. Uh, we had... Are
1: those words, again?
4: Friffy and froofy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but we, we actually had to uh, take... We had a brand new high school, uh, but we actually had to renovate and make the hallways bigger to let the girls'
1: hair fit. <laughs> <laughs> it was an amazing time to be alive. <laughs> who <laughs> were the winners and losers of this week James Colley
3: um I would say the loser of the week uh, was American football uh, that's partly because there is a relationship taking over the internet by storm between Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and Kansas City's chief tie Ty- and Travis Kelsey. I think that relationship's actually quite adorable. It's very sweet. I like all the clips. And Taylor Swift fans are starting to get very into American football and trying to understand it. Now, my problem with this is they're too smart. They are so clever. They are so diagnostic. They solved riddles to get her new album like she was performing at Bletchley Park. They are insanely smart. And I'm worried. I really like American football. I think they're going to solve it. I think you give them <laughs> one week looking at the diagrams, and i will be like, well, here are all the plays that work. We fixed the game. You don't need to play anymore.
1: We know how it will end. Come on, Tommy. You know you're American football. Well, it hurts my
4: feeling, but I had them down as winners as well because I also think it's adorable. And uh, I also think that uh, you know, the Kelseys are amazing. The two brothers are mm-hmm. actually two brothers, and they played against each other in the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's quite fun. I was more worried about it, not from them solving football, Uh, because football is making a point of forgetting how to play itself. I don't know if anybody saw the Denver Broncos lose 70 points to 20, but I think somebody forgot about the defensive side of the ball. Uh, So I think it would be good if the Swifties brought a little bit of analytical nature back to the sport. The problem that I had with it is I want to see the game, and I was watching that game, and they spent more time. Every time Travis touched the ball, we got a shot. (laughs) <laughs> Taylor Swift uh, in the box but, uh, Taylor Swift uh, Taylor Swift And I like Travis Kelsey a lot I like the Chiefs a lot And what I just don't want And I know will happen Because history repeats itself Is in a year Possibly two I'm going to have to listen to a lot of songs About how she broke up with a football player
1: <laughs> And his game will be destroyed his of course. Game will be And destroyed. also
3: like When your position is a tight end You can't give that to a songwriter no.
1: <laughs> I can already see the sample I like tight and then I can't <laughs> <time. laughs> <laughs> yeah, And was it that were the winners, right, or the losers? I can't remember. Uh, they, they were the losers. Right? the, winner. the, the right winner. winner, is
3: loser. The, the winner of the week is the mighty Penrith Panthers, but that's a spoiler <laughs> for Sunday, so we'll hold
1: off for that for now. Bridie Connell, who were the winners and losers? Uh, my week?
0: winner of the week is is all of us, and in fact, all of Australia, because I think we've found our future Prime Minister, and I want to say already predicting the best one ever. How is this for dynamic leadership? This story was on ABC News a few days ago, and I just think it is adorable. A year six student from Robertson Public School in the Southern Highlands made an election promise when she was going for school captain um, that she would organize an inter-school handball championship. She became vice captain. She has been working with Handball Australia to organize a fair set of rules for the tournament they've just had it it was excellent of course her team won and as a former year two handball grand final runner-up who was still disputing the fact that i was runner-up because lawrence k was a huge cheat um i think this is a huge win
3: i i will caution you that we have had a prime minister very into handball before and he was not necessarily the best ever
0: Uh, was it an adorable year six student though well, kind of. Yeah, he looked a lot like the Milky Bar kid. And my loser of the week is me for still being upset that I lost uh, a game of handball literal decades ago.
1: But to a cheat, so that's yeah. All uh, tell me who, well, you've done your winner, I well, think. Well,
4: it makes and match, but I, I like, uh, I think the big winner this week is Sydney. There is no more delightful time in Sydney than school holidays. Uh, there's a certain um, ennui that settles in over the traffic That I delight. (laughs) Uh, For those that are surprised by my use of the word ennui, uh, many of you pronounce it ennui. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted to correct the record. Mm.
1: I think that word comes from the town that uh, Emily visits, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) quite nice. Emily in Paris. Ennui.
4: Oh, the ennui that settles in. So nice. Uh, The loser, uh, in in a sense, uh, for himself, but a winner for all the rest of us, uh, was Donald Trump uh, being... uh, Finally, a judge just said, you've been lying about how much money you have uh, forever, forever. And I just love that he continued to defend, well, you know, if it was worth a million dollars today, that means it was worth a million dollars 10 years ago. That's how <laughs> finance works. That's why I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not how it works.
1: Because so, uh, so they anyway. had all those quotes on the radio of him uh, back in the, the presidential campaign saying, I am the most successful businessman yeah. ever. Yeah, right. because I lie all the time. Well, that's what successful businessmen I do all the
4: time. <laughs> so, but you know, he's also still a front runner, so he's still a potential winner. America then is the loser. <laughs> uh,
1: please thank Brady Connell, James Collie, and Tommy Dean. <clears throat> Happy wedding anniversary! Yeah. Thanks for being part of. Thank God it's Friday next week. Will Anderson, Jennifer Wong, and Tommy Dean. Music from the Soul Movers they are great until then i'm richard Glover. up and thank god it's friday you can't stop.